Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Boss Podcast. I'm Kirk Bailey and this week Matt Wensing, founding CEO and now Chief Strategist of Risk Pulse, answers the question, could he write software to simulate the future of his business? Welcome to the Business of Software podcast, where we share talks from our conferences and discussions with software people that will make you think. You can find out more at businessofsoftware.org. As this episode comes out on Tuesday the 22nd of September, we will be kicking off day two of Boss Conference USA Online 2020. So it's a lightning episode this week with Matt who has spent the last 10 years starting and running his own software company and learning many hard lessons along the way. His talk looks at the theory of what could we learn if a computer could run 1000 different startups in minutes, not years? What light could a simulation like this shed on the underlying laws of software businesses? And what could we learn about people? Happy listening. Hi, I'm Matt Wensing. In the next seven and a half minutes, I'm going to share what I learned uh, by building a startup simulator. First, a little background on me. In 2008, I started a weather website called stormpulse.com with a friend. uh, And through a ridiculous chain of events, it ended up in 10,000 businesses. It became profitable, uh, even in the Obama-era White House, um, which is how I'm living in the only multiverse um, where I got to bro-hug the president, the 44th president of the United States. Um, Sorry, Mark, politics. Uh, So with this success, I said, hey, let's go to Sand Hill Road and raise some money. Uh, That's what an entrepreneur would do when you feel successful. And I did that. Um, And it turned out that things got a little weird, uh, just like with Charlie and the factory. Um, They didn't like our sales cycles. And the reason were, uh, they were lengthening. So we had six to nine month sales cycles. And this VC said, well, what if they get even longer? Um, And that was a fair objection. uh, But it brought up a lot of questions, which was, how much money do you actually need? Uh, What are you going to do with that money? What happens if this trend continues? Now, A quick detour to the data that led him to think this way. Um, Here's a chart of our maximum contract values over the last 10 years. Um, This is where we are today. Uh, But the trick is this this y-axis is actually logarithmic. Um, So this bar here is actually 48,000 times taller than this bar, which means that you have a nonlinear and very scarily pace of change business. Uh, Or if you prefer the modern art view, this is uh, us now, and this this tiny little dot was us back then. Um, which means that I need tools to help me figure out how this business is going to grow. Um, The tools that we have today are mostly made uh, from an era of manufacturing, as I like to call it. It's, hey, next month's going to be about the same as this month, maybe a little bit of change. It's linear production. Um, And as we all know by running software companies, uh, software businesses, especially startups, are nonlinear, and they're complex, meaning if you change one small thing about the system, um, as Jeff Goldblum taught us all, uh, chaos can ensue. Um, and you really don't have control you think you do. So you pull a lever and that thing over there moves and you say, I didn't even know that was uh, what was gonna happen. Uh, So as a founder, I thought to myself, okay, I can't do this in Excel. Um, I can do it in Excel, but it feels dishonest because I can torture the data, right? Um, I can make it say whatever it needs to say. Um, So where do I need to go? Where's my canvas? Um, And I thought, you know, what I really need is a working model that's outside of my head. It's it's there. It represents everything I know about my business. Uh, But it can keep me honest, right? It can tell me what's going to happen. Um, And maybe it can even surprise me. Uh, So I turned to simulation. Now, simulation um, is a little bit different than you might think about. So pattern recognition, this is where most of us are when we're in Excel land. We extrapolate. And if we're fancy, we might even do some kind of exponential extrapolation. But it's still just saying, I've got metrics. I'm going to do a forecast. The key takeaway here is that in something like a simulation, which you can do in Python if you want to, which is what I did, 
um, the output can surprise you because you don't actually control it. What you control is what you control as a founder, which is your business model. You're trying to take uncertainty out of your business model, and then all of your metrics are output from there. Now, it might seem weird to think about simulation in terms of business, but in other domains, this is perfectly normal, like meteorology, which I happen to know a few things about. Uh, this VC, I, uh, I'm sure he's a great guy, but I'm going to say, Leo, you're wrong. Um, meteorologists are not guessing. If they were guessing, they'd say the hurricane's going to go over here. That's a linear extrapolation. This is a statistical model, a little bit more fancy. Modern meteorology is actually running simulations and then interpreting them, which is how you get accurate forecasts. Um, so what if we had a simulation for uh, startup land? What would that look like? There's a growing body of evidence that startups actually do have some kind of physics underlying them. Uh, the units of growth of the team sizes that we have, um, how quickly does headcount scale, chain probabilities, growing body of evidence that there are these governing equations, if you will, that just like with the atmosphere, uh, govern how things grow, especially with companies and networks, and we're all familiar with the two pizza box rule, right? Um, and so the question becomes, is there enough science here for me to have fun this summer and build a startup simulator? Uh, decided to try that out. and. Uh, built something a little bit like SimCity, if you will. So we're all familiar, well, I hope you're familiar with this. If you're not, you miss out on your childhood. Um, <laughs> governing equations, so th they need more industrial. Um, you know, human sales reps have finite capacity, distribution channels eventually saturate. These are not formulas like CAC, LTV, MRR, all that stuff. These are entropy, conservation of mass, the laws that we have to obey if we're going to succeed, and the things we talk about when we come to conferences like this. These are hard lessons one through 10. We should learn them. So what if we put that into a uh, simulator like this? And you know what we can do is since it's a simulation and it's not Excel, uh, we can be more honest here. We can say, look, I don't know what my contract values are, really min-max, I might want to try out something new. Uh, maybe my sales cycles are gonna lengthen, maybe they're not. I can leave things blank that I don't know. Um, and I can pull this just from any common metrics that I may have. And if you're too early to have metrics, you can just punch in guesses, right? And the simulation will figure it out for you. Um, so I said, all right, why not? Let's run uh, five simulations based on this input data, these parameters, and see what happens. Well, it turns out um, that these company, this company, five simulations reach break even around 14, 18 months from now. But then what in the heck happens here? Um, I'm guessing that if you did this in Excel, you would not have a dive in net income uh, at month 20. But what turned out is that startup was doing so well uh, that they had to hire another customer success person, an engineer, to take care of all the customers that you were getting, right? So if you're planning on a lot of profit, you might be surprised. All right, surprise number two. I went back and I asked myself, okay, what if our sales cycles did increase to 15 months? Well, turned out it's not a pretty picture. Um, good news is we ended up more like this. Uh, things went well, our sales cycles actually shortened. But in this world, where the sales cycles actually keyed in at about 15 months, uh, you're burning $120,000 a month in three years from now, and you probably aren't able to raise money, and people are quitting, and it's just a terrible place to work. So uh, small changes can have a big effect, right? Jurassic Park. Um, next thing I asked is, so why don't we run this on 2,000 startups, right? Well, let's do 8,000 years of business time. And I learned that reality is the number one cause of death of unicorns globally. <laughs> what I did is I introduced a flaw into the sales teams of the test group where they would just forget to follow up on things every once in a while, right? This is human nature, right? So it turns out that without perfect humans, your valuation is, is in trouble. Your horn gets sawed off, right? Um, the rest of us are just struggling with unit economics down at the bottom somewhere. Um, then I said, okay, what else can I learn from this data? And it turns out that there's one thing that is constant, whether you're a unicorn or you're a small company, is that the number of first impressions you get to make in a target market is constant. 
right? Because there's only so many people at target market, which means that you as a founder, your number one job is to scale trust, right? And you might do that through design. You might do that through referrals. Um, you might do that through telling a heroic story about how you're going to save the world and move us all to Mars. But however you do that, um, you get to make a first impression. And scaling trust is your brand. Like the set of things you choose to focus on is your brand. Now, I could go through and list off all the cool, fun things that uh, I took away from this little experiment. But the number one thing I wanted to share with you guys is this seems to corroborate, um, validate what I think is one of the central themes of Boss, right? Is that this simulation, the more honest we can be about what we don't know, um, the better we can be as business leaders because we can make more humble and thoughtful decisions, right? Um, and I like, it uh, gives me hope for the future. I thank you guys for listening and I hope you enjoyed. Don't forget, you can get regular updates from Business of Software via the newsletter. Sign up for free at businessofsoftware.org updates. Thanks for listening to the Business of Software podcast. For more information, go to businessofsoftware.org.